When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I'm a year older than when we last spoke. Thank you to everybody who sent me happy birthday messages on Instagram. It was very kind and I am wearing my birthday tiara for the recording of this podcast because why not? Everybody loves a tiara. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and I am joined as ever by Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers. Russell, nice to see you again. Lovely to see you. I'm tiara-less, unfortunately, but... Oh. You know. Maybe, maybe for Christmas. I didn't want to show you up. This is, this is, <laughs> this is the thing. We'll sort you out a, a special tiara maybe for Christmas. <laughs> a See crown, that'd be good, wouldn't it? A crown. Okay, yes. All right. Russell's Christmas list sorted out. <laughs> and um, thank you as well to Zoe Forsey for that interview that she did with Ingrid Seward about um, Prince Philip in last week's episode, which I hope you all enjoyed. So where are we in the space-time continuum? Recording this on Thursday morning, we still don't know who officially is president of America, but we do know that Megan voted. So this was a yes. big deal. I mean, it was not unexpected because she had been telling everybody else to vote. Um, she voted early. We presume she didn't vote for Donald Trump, but, um, you know, so that has happened. And I don't know, is it is it a big deal that she voted when she's a member of the royal family? Because she's not voting in the UK. Well, I know. I think, we, you know, even way beforehand, uh, I mean, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, if, if she was still a member of you know the working royal family i suppose and 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 she had voted i suppose she wouldn't have been able to it would have been too much pressure but uh but i who think would have we, known it's all secret yes what's the deal then so if you're in the uk you do you get like a postal ballot if you're if you're american I suppose oh, like you, you don't have to go back do you so you can probably do it you know probably post your ballot ballot like uh, the ones that Trump has got such a problem with at the moment. This is why he's firing off lawsuits. We'll we'll see how that all plays out. But um, yes, to all of our American listeners, on whichever side of the um, fence you are on, I know that it has probably been a very stressful week. And I think it's, you know, voting systems are an interesting thing. And watching it unfold, it's like, oh, ours is actually in some ways quite efficient because it all gets done on the night. But admittedly, our country has a lot fewer people in it. Well, I, I saw, so, you know, I think it's Stephen Mangan, the uh, sort of famous comedy writer, isn't he? And actor. he posted, this is the way to do an election. And it was the picture of um, Boris Johnson's count. And uh, I think he had, had Elmo from Sesame Street, the, the cat, the chap who was called Count Binface, who's got a bin for a head. Count Binhead, isn't he? Buckethead. Bucket Lord Buckethead. And then so it's two, Lord Buckethead and Count Binface and Excellent. Elmo. You know, Boris Johnson sneaked in. Um, so yeah, I mean, ours is less than perfect as well, isn't it? But it's, it's been great. It's been fascinating to watch. So Harry is no longer a working royal, but remains a member of the royal family. Do you think he could vote in the future I mean he's obviously based in America well, it depends, as, it, yeah. as it stands and you know theoretically he I think he'd still have rights to vote over here should he choose to exercise them but it, you know if given that being a member of the royal family and voting is a big deal anyway to then do it from far away when you're not even living in the country that you're sort of voting to influence is probably an extra barrier but if they 
are you know spending some time over here or choose to move back here at some stage and base themselves over here i don't know because he's he seems to be wanting to go down that politically active charge yeah well i don't don't think he'll ever vote in the uk i don't think they'll ever live here again whether yeah i I think they'll 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 stay in america i mean listen what 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 would happen if he became a u.s citizen that'd be absolutely fascinating because then he would vote so you you you're a citizen of a country you're not part of a royal family anymore the institution that has stopped you from voting so therefore why not why not be a part of it if you're gonna if you're gonna speak about it then you should be a part of it right and that's what they've been saying that these elections are really important that there's uh you, you you've got to have if you're going to have a platform like that then you should be um you should uh you should be allowed to you should allowed to exercise that right and that's, i suppose if he did become a citizen that's i mean that's not all beyond the realms of possibility stranger things have happened this year so <laughs> this week stranger things have happened to be honest. yes i think this this year does win awards for strangeness all around all around for sure um we have seen since since we were last together we've got a little bit of a glimpse about what they're looking to do in the future and in fact um the sort of spokespeople have said that Megan will want to continue to be politically engaged beyond this election. Anyway, um, they have, their new website is up and I felt very proud of myself when I uncovered the secret message that's hidden within it because I'm that kind of geeky person and there's this thing you can do on websites if you right click and edit the source and you can go looking in the code to see if there's like weirdo messages and stuff in there. Right. Have you ever done oh, yes. this? No, I haven't, but I've I it- seen the geekiness from you know other people who have done it this is all about the arch and the source of action thing right well there's well there's there is a less geeky way to do it which is just to share it because it is essentially the um the metadata or no the information that you would see in google or facebook or twitter so rather than just getting that sort of plain image which is archwell or maybe archwell as someone um commented on our on our instagram nikki pender if it is based on the greek word archi as in archetype then right. ch will be pronounced like a k as an archetype not ch as an archie so that's an interesting thing we need to find out whether it is archwell 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 it's definitely are it's definitely archwell definitely archwell okay good well, well that's how their, their people language, are describing language it modernizes. Yeah. um so you know the front the front page just had that the the sort of etymology of what the word means but when you shared it and i think i was mainly just sending it to zoe to say oh you can see the the headline on it is um building compassionate communities and then when i shared it there was a whole other snippet of information yeah an organization committed to creating compassionate communities online and off to serve our collective well-being and it had an american z in it which i also obviously noticed but then american Z. z Thank you for correcting my pronunciation, <laughs> Russell. Very kind. Um, there's some interesting comments as well from our listeners on the design of it, um, which I like. What, co- um, what colour is that? that is ooh, like a dusty pink. Blush. Blush. Is that, is that a colour? Taupe? Yeah. Yeah, dusty pink. I'll go with that. Beige? Um, mm, sort of that move of bready. Yeah. Dusty anyway. Pink. We'll go with that. Um, uh, Dina Ben 471 says as always I really do like the visual impact of the elegant designers they use more of a designer's designer very hip and LA um, and well that's where it's based isn't it this is their office yeah Cali- and Wil- then, Wilshire Boulevard Los Angeles California I wonder yeah, what that's like Rachel Mary G says how exciting the future starts here 
And um, Bonga says, now it is all well. This is the beginning. Way forward and freedom. Love you guys. So it is that kind of... Does she, does she, who does she love? Us us or them? Oh, both, us. I'm sure. Oh, good. Yeah, spreading well, the love. Probably them. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it is... It is a weird thing. Like maybe it's because I'm so rooted in the internet, but then not having an internet presence for sort of so much of the year. I talked about it recently, actually, them not having their social media presence. It, it's felt like a disconnect because you're so used to hearing from people all of the time and seeing what's going on. So anyway, we will see what is happening. Um, what won't be happening for a while is any more really in the court case because that, that's got a postponement. <gasps> yes. Well, lots of rumours flying about, weren't there, last week? I mean, this is, you know, we weren't expecting this. So it was due to be heard on uh, January the 11th. The trial dates were set. Markle versus Markle, trial of the century, all the other uh, headlines that you could think of. And um, and last week, this sort of another bombshell statement was when um, there was a private hearing in the court before the public one. And uh, the um, the reason it was a it was a very private reason that uh, Megan and her team had asked for the uh, case to be delayed by nine months um, to at least the autumn next year, and I think the date penciled in is around October the fifteenth next year. So we're nearly going to be a year until we see this come to fruition. Um, Nobody knows the, the the reason as to why Megan and her team had requested that um, that's that uh, that delay. However, um, I think it was quite telling that the Mail on Sunday, after consulting their own people, agreed to it. And so there must be a pretty um, a pretty good reason as to as as for this delay. However, so I think the other the important thing is that Megan and her team have asked the judge to just um to just rule on it without the trial so we we will have to wait and see and i suppose that shillings will be watching this with um with bated breath really because of the uh, the johnny depp trial last week and all the stuff that came out within that trial John, or johnny depp this this week has got a um lost his case against the son shillings obviously representing him as well so um so yeah i i, I suppose you know if this does come to trial it will be at absolutely explosive we've said that before and, and and the fact that um thomas markle has said that he wants it to come to trial he wants to air his side of the story um also he's he said that he isn't a well man this was part of the uh the uh, statement read out in court by um i think it's the top legal bod at the main on sunday saying that they had spoken thomas markle and he's um and he's certainly keen to to take the stand and for it to go to trial so you know if that is the case and megan and him are called and facing off against each other well you know it will be absolutely explosive i know one of the um reasons publicly given was about the um finding freedom book being allowed to be included and having all of that working in and the time to do it and um, I will leave li listeners to draw their own conclusions about what they think the reasons might be um, for such a delay because um, there are reasons possibly that we shouldn't discuss it for Exactly, exactly. So we will leave you to draw your own conclusions about what your theories are. Um, so one place where we would normally see Harry Roundabout now is in the Remembrance Garden at Westminster Abbey. But that job fell to Camilla yesterday. It has, yeah. I mean, another real symbol, I suppose, of um, you know the, the the fact that Harry is no longer part of the family because this is you know something that he he would have uh, 
he would have relished doing, I think, in terms of um, paying his respects to the award. And it's always a big, important time, remembrance services this, uh, you know, in, in November for the entire royal family. Uh, and yesterday, Duchess Cornwall actually took over one of his roles to to pay tribute to, to Britain's war there by placing a cross in, um, in Westminster Abbey's Field of Remembrance. This role, if you will, had always fallen to the Duke of Edinburgh and in recent years, obviously, Harry took it over. Um, you know, served with distinction in the military. That's his main um, gig, his main role, really, within the royal family. I think a lot of people identified of him as a as a veteran, and he's, you know, he's. I, I feel that's what he's he's almost lacking in his life. That he, he when he had these roles stripped away from him as part of the sort of divorce deal that's being um, still worked out, and then we'll have that twelve month review in a few months. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Harry does in terms of veterans, because we won't see him at the Cenotaph uh, with other members of the royal family who are expected at the weekend. Um, and, and no doubt, I think he's, uh, he's, he's probably really, really missing that role. But, you know, Camilla did it with distinction yesterday, um, laying, she's, obviously, she's already a patron of the Poppy Factory as well. And then by laying this cross at the Field of Remembrance, it's, um, you know, it's a symbol of how much we've sort of moved on, I suppose. Because the military roles were ones that Harry was kind of particularly keen to keep hold of when they were having their kind of Sandringham summit and setting out their plans originally from the beginning of the year, I think, for as far as I can remember. But it's making me think as well now, because the remembrance field is something that I usually go to, you know, because I am in town and I can. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I won't be be going this year because I won't be going into town because of all of this this different way of of how we're living. Although I did go into town last Friday and I saw Buckingham Palace. It was very exciting. It was just weird. Being in town, what was the picture very... I saw with you? You had your tiara on, but were you outside BP? Outside BP, Out, yeah, well, the glorious. best picture was in St James's Park, looking back up to, to BP. So, well, it's going um, to be very different this year. There's no um veterans parade by the British Royal Legion, you know, it's going to be very, very different. It's going to be, you know, even more spookily solemn because of there'll be no crowds there, there'll be you know the people just will not be able to go i think that even before the lockdown the 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 veterans parade was cancelled um and so people will be watching it from you know on the telly obviously the daily mirror has has has, um, a fantastic campaign which we've had a lot of backing for of you know trying to encourage people across the country to stand on their doorstep um in silence to pay their respects and i think that will get quite a lot of take up throughout the country so you know, if you are in the UK, or even if you're not, stand on your doorstep. Join us in a, a minute or two silence, and um, you know, for for what has been a, an absolutely bizarre, bizarre year. Yeah, and um, I've just totally lost my train of thought there. What was oh, it? Gosh. Where Disaster! Are we? so- Disaster! No, I was going to say that. Um, so advantages that the Remembrance Sunday service does have is that it is outside. Um, yes. And, you know, it's there's a reasonable amount of space there to keep people socially distanced, as we obviously need to be even outside if it's people not from our households. And, oh, yes, to just let listeners know, today is the first day in the in England of our latest lockdown where we have to stay at home unless we've got, there's like four reasons we're allowed to go out. So exercise, essential shopping, work if you can't work from home and you know, helping other people or getting medical medical help, I think. So basically we're kind of back where we were at the beginning of the year, essentially. Um, but 
Oh, don't say that. We'll we'll have to have Zoom quizzes and God, you know, what else were we doing? You love baking them really banana, well. baking banana bread. Yeah, all of that, all of that. <laughs> but but no, what I was going to say though is that the Remembrance Sunday service. You know, there is no way that it, Remembrance Sunday wasn't going to be marked. It is such an important part of the Queen's calendar and such an important thing for her. And um, if you're interested in remembrance and why it is so important to the Royal family, then do um, have a look back through the archive and listen to the episode that we did last year with the British Legion um, about, about remembrance. So it's really interesting to hear some of their stories. And we saw um, Sophie Wessex on Sunday as well. She was at a, a different kind of remembrance. So it's the All Soul Service at Westminster Abbey, which this year was particularly remembering all the people who have sadly died of, of coronavirus. And the, the pictures that were shared were really sort of lovely and solemn. And I mean, it, it is just a beautiful, beautiful cathedral apart from everything else. Church. Abbey, in fact. <laughs> Abbey, indeed. Well, okay. listen, I mean, the, the the Remembrance Day services are the dates, certainly, you know, the, the weekend is is probably one of the immovable dates, I would say, from from the Queen's calendar. And I think she's she's only missed a handful. I think the, the last one was in 2018 and she'd missed, uh, it was the first one she'd missed for like 20 odd years. I think she only missed like four of them in, in the, her whole 70 odd years and this is um you know i i think it's going to be very very different this year no doubt no you've prince sort of andrew seen for sure no prince andrew for sure um you know no harry no megan it's you know and that and it will be a very very different affair without the 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 veterans parade um you know just on that sophie wessex she was lighting a candle for for all those who have also lost their lives in for, in uh, um due to covid this year as well so i think we're finding a lot of these things are so intertwined that you you know harking back to when the queen was you know invoking that war spirit message of we will meet again i mean that's very you know the, the wartime um language used and covid i think we've all sort of fought that battle really and there's sort of been a lot of analogies used of of how we've struggled with um living with coronavirus and sort of the invoking that that wartime spirit so i th i think there's um you know, it, it'll be very, very different. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, over the weekend. And what do you think the new lockdown does mean for the royal family? Because obviously last time Charles and Camilla were away out of town, William and yeah. Kate were away out of town with the kids, because yeah. last time around the schools were shut, this time the schools are open. So I'm assuming they're going to be staying in Kensington Palace so the kids assuming are going to school. That is, that is what we're, um, I'm led to believe at the moment, they will be staying in, in London. Um, I mean, it was all very you know, new and exciting, I think, when they were popping up on Zoom calls and who would they speak to next and the fact that they were still trying to do as much as they can, even though they weren't being able to do front-facing engagements. Um, I don't think we'll see any physical engagements in this month. I think it's a lockdown, so therefore uh, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine they, they will be because doing Because they any can work from home, because they can do the Zoom calls. And yes, it's exactly. different, and but they, they can, can do, do it. it. So I think we will see a lot more. Um, whether there'll be the same level of interest, um, because you know it's not it's not new. And I think even you know I think I've said this before that moving forward, I do think that we will see the royals do a lot more in the digital sphere moving forward. COVID or no COVID, like definitely next year they'll be they'll be doing stuff um, 
you know, that hand in hand really I mean there's no substitute for the physical engagements we have really really missed them even like seeing the Queen get out and about it was it was magical to see mm. um, to see that taking place um, and they do realise the absolute absolute importance of doing that however yeah we're not I mean we're not going to see a lot of them we're not going to see them any, uh, physically for a month and then maybe even longer Are we got, have we got bets on how long we think this is going to last <sighs> Six oh, weeks. I don't want minimum. to think about it, Russell. Don't make me sad on a Thursday. Yeah, sorry. Um, but it's it's nice that the Prince Philip and the Queen are together at Windsor Castle. Yes. They'll be celebrating the oh goodness, thousands of years of being married during the <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> and so when my husband and I were because obviously what else is there to talk about about how apart from how the royal family will be spending lockdown when we were talking about it's like, oh I wonder whether they'll go to Sandringham because that is where the Queen would normally be over Christmas time and if you know, if we do remain in lockdown and it's extended, then she'll be presumably stuck at Windsor. Although she is the queen and if she did get travelled to Sandringham, I'm not sure people would be too cross. Although they've already said they're not doing the Christmas morning church service. I know, which is a big deal. I mean, just, just on that point. So the queen did actually, came back from Balmoral, uh, Philip went back to, oh, they were in Sandringham and then queen went back to, to Windsor. She popped over to Sandringham for the weekend and then Philip's has, has come back with her now I mean I think this is they're trying to do the best you know the best workable solutions around creating these sort of HMS bubble situations um, and so that's why they've gone back to Windsor when they will go back to Sandringham is anyone's guess um, I think they still will spend Christmas there however for the Queen not to be doing the church service is quite quite a big deal um, again, not to, to, to not to encourage crowds to form because whenever I've been there on, the, on Christmas Day, there's you know a good few hundred people there. I think three thousand people was the that were there when it was Meghan's first year. So it will be a very very different occasion. And who knows what Christmas is going to look like, even for the royals. So you might not even get them all spending time together because if there's certain rules of you can mix with one household, well. Who's going to get the invite? Well, there's not going to be a Buckingham Palace Christmas lunch, right? You know, we get all those pictures yeah. of the family arriving in the cars and yeah. people sometimes wearing questionable brooches from the past. And, you yes. know, you kind of get, <laughs> it, originally it was kind of when we would get a, a, a glimpse of the kids. Um, so that that definitely won't be happening. And, you know, I think it, I think it is interesting because clearly they do want to avoid the crowds gathering and the Christmas church service is an, a far more obvious one than, you know, William and Kate popping up at an ice cream shop in Swansea or whatever it happens to be that, you know, if it's, if it's secret ones. Um, Prince William, it has emerged, had coronavirus and didn't yes. tell people at the time. Do we think he should have told people at the time or is it fine that he kept it quiet? Personally, well, I think it's fine. I think it's yeah, fine. I'm not I mean, worried. I think the, there was a bit of rage on Twitter in certain quarters saying that, you know, he should have told people it was the second in line to the throne. Uh, this was, you know, a um, a very fraught time in the nation's history where the, the heir and the prime minister was, certainly prime minister was gravely ill at certain points. Um, no, so I can totally understand why, why you know, William or Kensington Palace didn't say anything. Um, for their part they're saying that they were never directly answered i think that there's you know um 
I don't know whether people did ask them. Some people have claimed that they that they were directly asked and that they didn't. They weren't altogether um, truthful. However, uh, for my part, I don't think they were ever directly asked. So therefore, they haven't lied essentially, and they just um, you know when it's come out that they that they they've confirmed the story. So um, you can totally understand why it's medical as well. So you know, there's certain arguments that that is private. We don't get told every time. I suppose when a member of the royal family is. Uh, you know required to see a doctor he didn't go into hospital i think that obviously if he had had to go to hospital and ended up in a you know icu ward then obviously they would have had to had to um had to put a statement out um however you know william has has told someone in a, at a royal engagement so he's obviously not um completely secretive and he and i assume he, he probably thought that this would get out and um you know it just he was still working throughout. I think he was doing sort of 14 Zoom calls and telephone calls whilst he was doing it. He isolated away from the family for for at least a week, which are uh, part of the government guidelines. So, um, you know, it's uh, maybe a bit of a storm in a teacup. And he, he was upset. He was fine at the time. So there was there's, there's nothing to really talk about now. Yeah, and it, I mean, it is just worth saying that kind of the rules in the UK are that health is a private thing and you know we we don't know what prince philip's ongoing issue is that he had hospital treatment we know that he went to hospital but we don't know what for and that's a not uncommon situation um and to a certain extent even if we found out we wouldn't really be allowed to share it it's up to the individual in in most um situations to decide what they want to share about their health so um that is one of the one of the things that is different here i think compared to quite a lot of different places um quick note for princess anne because she was pictured with her mask around her neck while everyone else was wearing theirs. oh lord oh no i haven't seen this when was this it was outside okay i think i believe it was outside it's i mean it's just, it is just not a good look and when you know if you're the royal family a good look is what you are looking for all of the time, essentially, and kind of PR. And masks are such a hot button issue, really, I think. And, you know, I, I mean, I was getting ragey on the um, on the train in and out of town on Friday when there were people either not wearing masks for no apparent reasons. You can get, I mean, you can get a badge to say I'm exempt from wearing a mask for various different reasons, if it's health reasons or sort of, and people who have particular um, anxiety and trauma yeah, then yeah. those reasons so you know there are reasons that some people don't have to wear a mask and it's not always visible but people that are wearing one around their chin to pretend or wearing one over their mouth but not their nose it's just like oh what are you doing people like is it what it's not that much bother just wear a mask well no i'm with you on this i think there's you know some people have have them hanging off their ear one ear or you know over their chin not covering their nose i mean it's not worth getting into the arguments about it is it but yeah you're totally right the royal family do have a duty to try and put their be seen to be doing the right thing maybe it was a lapse of concentration or maybe she was just outside so yellow yellow card perhaps unless there was somebody there who was deaf and needed to lip read that would be a good reason. I mean, it's a good good excuse, isn't it? But anyway, anyway, she's got a particularly fine mask, as discussed previously. I didn't get one of those for my birthday, but I did get a Cornish flag one, so that was exciting. Oh, that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've, I've I've switched up my mask game. I was sick of wearing the boring ones, so I got the one with the skull and crossbow. Actually, we took a photo of it, didn't we? It we did. We skull did. And you were concerned about your ears. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I do look like an elf. It's, it's really bad. Very fine, Alf Russell. It's fine. Um, <laughs> 
we've seen we've seen William and Kate out a little bit. You were teasing us when we last talked about the Pride of Britain appearance that they yes. um, they had filmed, paying tribute to NHS workers and such like, and that was shown on the telly on Sunday night. Just gone. Well, you know, a huge thank you to to you know both the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge for agreeing to do it, um, as well as the Prince of Wales, you know, starring in the. Pride of Britain Awards, it was the 20th anniversary of the Prince's Trust Award. Um, And if you haven't seen the show, then why not? I suppose our, you know, worldwide cousins will try and find some way of how you can see it because it's just a fantastic occasion, really uplifting, inspiring stories. And William and Kate um, were really, really generous with their time meeting the NHS workers at St. Bart's Hospital in London obviously speaking to Kate Garraway as well, who is a uh, very well-known presenter on Good Morning Britain in the UK, whose husband um, is really tragically ill with coronavirus. He is Britain's longest patient suffering from coronavirus, and he is still very, very gravely ill. And um, and, and certainly William and Kate were speaking to Kate Garraway about her husband, Derek, and, and sort of what their family is going through. And I thought that was very, very emotive when we saw that on the, on the, on the film. And obviously we covered it in the paper um and i think it's been an extraordinary year and they you know both william and kate you know didn't need to do this we're really thankful that they did and but they were really committed to to you know putting it out there that they're you know offering thanks on behalf of the nation really of our nhs workers frontline medics who are continuing to battle against this virus and um you know and as we're going into this other period of uncertainty then no doubt they're going to need all the support they can get as well so um so yeah thank you to everyone who's who uh, made that happen and thank you to all of our nhs workers that are um you know battling every day and congratulations as well to rebecca from always be you who is the princess trust young achiever um for setting up a business that supports um domestic violence awareness and survivors so yeah that was a great great film as well with charles and he's you know he just absolutely delighted to present the award to her and and i think again she's a worthy winner embodies everything that the princess trust is all about about supporting young people create their business ideas and um and on that note actually but for the end of black history month the princess trust did a really interesting um a series of videos with sort of black leaders black british leaders uh, idris elba um was one of them martin reese uh, marvin reese the, the the mayor of bristol uh and i really enjoyed these videos and you haven't checked check them out that they were on um, they were on clarence house twitter feed and also prince's trust were highlighting them as well and they were getting lots of young um mentees from the Prince's Trust all speaking to sort of their heroes and what it uh, um, and sort of their influences and uh, Naomi Harris was one of them as well and so if you haven't checked out those videos make sure you go and watch them because I thought they were rather good. Prince's Trust is one of those things that is in my bank of episode ideas of things that I want to dig out and um, speak idea. to some people about it so maybe maybe you and I should oh, let's make it on work. that one Russell yeah, definitely, do that because it is you know it's been such a huge part of Prince Charles's life and has made such a big difference to so many people so it'd be interesting to find out a bit more about that um, and William and Kate did manage to get away with the kids for a little bit as well just in half time back to the Isles of Silly it's the way this- it is this emerged. I think we we did the original story in the summer in July when they they took the kids over. I mean, it's glorious. The, the Isles of Scilly is absolutely stunning, and they popped over there for a little break. 
uh, during half term took a George Chart Louis over to I mean they're saying quite a modest rented cottage um, on the island I think the, the Sun did a very cheeky story about silly money and silly money silly money S-I-L-L-Y with the with the Sussex's massive mansion and then comparing it and contrasting it to their little the Cambridge's little college I mean the Cambridges still do live in Kensington Palace so let's not get carried away with ourselves but uh, yeah popped over there I mean I'm very jealous I haven't been away haven't even had a break so I feel like I, I feel like I need a break and we're oh, not no, going to get it during I'm lockdown not, now. So. Yeah, sorry about that. I feel like we've we've been really winning on like lockdown bingo in terms of holidays and getaways. Because having having had our little outing into London last Friday, and then now everything's shut up again. So anyway, well, anyway I'll, go, I'll, 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 I'll stop sitting here being smug. Yeah, go to and, the park with one other person. So yeah, jolly. Um, what else we got? Oh, we got Prince Charles's Vogue interview. What? <laughs> It's so good. It's really, really, really nice. And my best line out of this um, was uh, Prince Charles has revealed how he was inspired to become an environmentalist after watching a cobbler mend his shoes when he was a boy. Now, Prince Charles is obviously famed for, uh, you know, being an environmentalist. He's been speaking about this since the 70s, always talking about repair, reuse, recycle. But it's quite interesting that he's... um, I think the quote is that he wanted to counter this extraordinary trend of throwaway clothing or throwaway everything, frankly. And he's talking about how he launched a thrift market in Dumfries House um, in Scotland for people to get their household items repaired. But also, speaking to Edward Enfell, the uh, British Vogue editor-in-chief, about um, how you know he's always trying to repair clothes. And it took me back. And if you've never seen this, Anne, you need to go back to 2013 when he appeared on Country Watch, Country File, the, the countryside uh, programme on the BBC. And he was wearing this remarkable jacket that was sort of, he'd had for many years and it was just all patchwork. It looked like a mad patchwork quilt. Um, and he's all, you know, he tries to do repair things that he's had for years. Apparently he's had a pair of shoes since 1971 that he just gets mended all the time. Although it is and making me think about that Only Fools and Horses sketch where Trigger's got the same, bro- he's getting an award <laughs> for having the same broom since he started 25 <laughs> yeah. years ago, but the handle's been replaced 32 times and the broom bit has been replaced 25 times. <laughs> tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And then, so yeah, I th- uh, and then he appeared, there was um, a story appeared at the weekend about uh, C- Camilla's brother and his uh, his elephant charity. Did you see this? And he was he appeared, um, it was in the Daily Mail and he appeared in this uh, cloak called uh, I can't remember the name of it I thought it's called a Catalee cloak it's a, from it was given to him by someone in Pakistan and it's like a threadbare look, floor length brown cloak and it looks like it's been sort of dragged through a hedge backwards but uh, you know this is what he wears to the gardening so I thought it was a fascinating interview actually talking about the fact that you know we, we, we he really wants to just try and uh, promote sustainability and you know everything that he is about is sort of wearing quality items so it was, it was all about fashion but uh, about sustainability as well so yeah this is uh, this is available from today december from 2020 today. issue and i've just found it online as well so and there's a very fine obviously i was like but what's he wearing in because has he done a shoot so it looks like they've done a shoot in the summer out in the garden and he looks very dapper he's got a little, well, this, little blue this, pocket square in a sort of beigey type jacket and some maybe some corduroy trousers possibly and and I would imagine pitch, they match but. well our picture desk as well were fantastic because they went back through the archives and they found him wearing the same jacket 
in 2014 and 1989. Good. So he's, you know, buy cheap, buy twice. This is what this, his mantra is. So, yeah, it's... um, buy cheap, Not buy stores. cheap, buy twice. That's surely the opposite of what his mantra is. Well, no, no, he's yeah, yeah he's the opposite. I'm, I'm confusing myself. Oh, I see. Now, if you buy cheap, you will have to you buy, buy it twice. twice. Yeah, so that's what, yeah, don't, you know, invest in quality, quality garments. He's, uh, I mean, one of the things he's saying, you know, I, I happen to be one of those people who who get shoes repaired if I can. And I'm lucky enough that uh, I, he's into quality garments. So he tries to support those industries. So, yeah, all for it. I wonder whether there's somebody that works at Clarence House who's like forever darning socks and sewing patches on things because when he says like I, I repair my clothes or I you know oh yeah he's, not, he's, he's not sitting there with a needle needle, yeah. needle and no. thread patching things up I mean he's he may be he may be my dad I mean in fairness my dad is a dab hand at fix trying to fix his trousers when they tear and things so no, um, he's, he's not he's not getting the needle and thread out at all as he however he is supporting local British businesses and you know encouraging us to be more sustainable, sustainable. and environmentally friendly so we can support that Indeed. Um, one more row before we start. Not between you and Oh, me. God. Jesus. No, I know. There's so many. It's, there's rows everywhere. I think everybody's just fed up with 2020 and all of the rows are coming out. And so this one goes, I mean, it goes back a very long time, is the row over the Princess Diana interview. <sighs> and did the BBC essentially hoodwink her into doing it? Complicated by the journalist who was, you know, who did the interview, Martin Bashir, famously being poorly with coronavirus. Coronavirus at the moment, yeah. Very ill, it's very ill. I mean, this is an extraordinary story that sort of reared its head 25 years after the original uh, interview, the sensational scoop for Panorama programme. And now Charles Spencer has come out and, and accused the BBC of sheer dishonesty and also labelling the original investigation we really wasn't even an investigation um because apparently he is he is claiming and the bbc have essentially coughed to it that martin bashir the journalist at the time used fake bank statements to show charles spencer uh and claim that some of his staff and two senior courtiers at the palace were accepting money from news organisations. Now, this was proved to be entirely false. However, Bashir got a BBC graphic designer to draw up these fake back statements to then show Charles Spencer, which it is then claimed, um, you know, it put the pressure on Charles to introduce Bashir to Diana. Also, Bashir was allegedly playing on the fears that Diana was... Um, was really worried about her phones being bugged and she thought she was being followed and tapped in Kensington Palace by MI5. They were listening to all her conversations and also her own paranoia was absolutely fed on by Martin Bashir in order to then land uh, land the scoop. And Charles Spencer has accused the BBC of, ye- or Martin Bashir, of, of yellow journalism, he said. Um, now, he has written to the new Director General, Tim Davey, who has actually um, spoken to, to Charles Spencer and offered an apology by you know trying to draw a line under this episode, and it doesn't look like Charles Spencer is letting this 
this uh, this go away because he is also saying that he is saying that the, the BBC is failing to accept the full gravity of the situation. He's demanding the corporation open a formal inquiry into the case. Um, and uh, and who knows where this is going to go because the BBC have actually now this week said that they will look or they will launch a fresh probe into all these allegations. It could just rear its ugly head again. And so, you know, this, this incredible interview, we're still talking about it 25 years later. And it's interesting, it kind of puts a different complexion on it because it felt sort of in my memory that it was Diana taking a bit of control of the situation and being able to put her side out in her words and making that choice to speak out publicly. But, you know, hearing this side of how it, it came about, it does put a very different feeling on it, really. I mean... You know, this is it's a ding dong, isn't it? Because um, Tim Davy is the new director general. He hasn't been there very long, and he's sort of trying to set his um, his marker down with a lot of things. You know, BBC stars being told they can't tweet, they can't attend certain functions. It was like a hullabaloo whether they could attend uh, LGBT pride rallies. I think there was a a lot of miscommunication by managers in the BBC, and 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 Davy is trying to put the lid on this however Charles Spencer seemed to get have the bit between his teeth and the fact that he's you know labeling the um the BBC for their sheer dishonesty it, it makes me think that he's he's not going to let this go away anytime soon and if he wants a full investigation and he believes that Bashir hoodwinked him essentially and hoodwinked his sister into giving that interview then he uh, he wants um he wants a, a full and frank apology i mean the the broad BBC is saying that these statements which were fake, were were shown to Spencer uh, after he had agreed to to introduce Diana to Bashir, which he has labelled a lie. Um, So I think that he feels very, very strongly the fact that... uh, that he was he was he was hoodwinked. Diana was hoodwinked, and she possibly should have never given that interview, which obviously set the tone for um for the ding dong that was ongoing between her and Charles uh, leading up to the divorce. Oh, very messy. Very, very messy. And I don't think it's going to go away. And if Charles Spencer's making these the, these public statements, I mean, the the the, uh, the newspaper article I'm referring to had um, had a full printout of his letter. So he's he's obviously gone taken the nuclear option option and gone and gone public, which gave the BBC no option but to um, but to launch this with this fresh inquiry. And now for his part, Bashir hasn't been able to defend himself. Uh, we haven't even heard from from anyone to do with his camp because he's um, unfortunately suffering uh, quite badly from coronavirus. So um, the BBC have said that they haven't even been able to speak to him because he's so ill. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we, we await to see um, to see what happens between, between him and the BBC. So another one to watch. Um, so, Russell, I know a lot of it is top secret these days until it actually happens. And probably the palaces will all be busily rescheduling the things that they had hoped to do and switching them to virtual things. But is there anything that we should be looking out for coming up? Well, I think that's obviously, you know, the, 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 the cenotaph is uh, people will be watching with interest to see what sort of um, commemoration is able to take place this year. Uh, no doubt I would be really shocked if the, if the Queen wasn't there. It's a date she has inked in her diary. It's one of those, if possible, those immovable um, dates that she always wants to attend. I think I said earlier she'd only missed um, a, a couple in, in her reign from from being overseas. And so 
I think there's a pregnancy on one of them as well. So I, 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 I think we will see her there. You can, you can probably expect that you would see Prince Charles and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Uh, Camilla will probably be there as well. And so therefore, um, it will be a very, very you know, more solemn affair because you won't have the marches, you won't have the crowds. It will be something what we have to watch on telly. But if you do want to uh, pay your respects, then, then join our Daily Mirror campaign of um, paying respects in, in your home. On the doorstep, on the doorstep yeah. of the neighbours, at a distance. And in terms of Zoom for the others, I think, you know, it's a movable feast because um, physical engagements will have to be cancelled. I can't imagine we're going to see any physical engagements during the national lockdown and uh, and we'll be back on we'll be back on zoom so yeah my my life will be transcribing the words of someone on a video call i imagine so we'll see how long it lasts well you and me have been zooming for months and months i know <laughs> this is mad isn't it we still haven't seen <laughs> one day one day we oh, shall have God. a pod save the queen so being a year God, yeah we should do we will do we will do one day something to look forward to anyway um listeners i hope you have something to look forward to wherever you are and whatever you are up to and most importantly that you are safe and well and we will be back with you again very soon with another episode hopefully not so many rows and a bit more um delight possibly on zoom calls Uh, but wherever you are until next time save the queen (laughs) 